0: and sisters out there, gracious, loving, and eternal God. There are many Christians right now in Southern California and in Mexico who are lifting their voice, asking for mercy. So we just join them. God, have mercy. Shift the winds out to sea, do whatever is necessary to protect lives and property. And give these dear people of God your grace, your mercy, your help, Be with all of those who must come as first responders and give them unusual wisdom and strength and help. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Uh, We're going to read from the book of Acts, chapter 5, um, uh, verses 1 through 11. Uh, But before we do that, let me just read the two verses that just come before that. The the end of chapter 4, uh, verses 36 and 37. So, please stand. Uh, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus... Whom the apostle called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field that he owned, and bought and brought the money and put it at the apostle's feet. And now, chapter five. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. And with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself and brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money that you received for the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was all sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not just lied to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died, and great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, carried him out, and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price that you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that's the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. And at that moment, she fell down at his feet, dead. And then the young man came in, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Thank you. You may be seated. happened at an amazingly marvelous, wonderful, exciting time. The church of Jesus Christ had just been born. Up until that time, they were just followers of Jesus. But, But when the Holy Spirit came, something new was born and brought into existence, namely the church of Jesus Christ. And of course, all lot of that, this story happens just weeks away from the crucifixion of Jesus, from the resurrection from the dead, and then 40 days later, the ascension into heaven, and and the words of Jesus go into Jerusalem and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to fall. And they did it. It was just amazing. People spoke in tongues. Fire came upon the Christians. I mean, it was just an amazing, amazing experience. And and then the Christian church went out ministering in the name of Jesus. And, and some of them had performed great miracles in the name of Jesus. I mean, think of the man laying by the by the gate called Beautiful, who who was lame all of his life, and now got, got up and walked. I mean, amazing, amazing, wonderful. Powerful. Awesome. Awesome things were happening. And the Christians were all in one accord. That's amazing. <laughs> Some say it hasn't happened since. <laughs> he, they, they, the Christians just. They were so excited. That nothing else on earth mattered. Really. Some people said, you know, I have land, I have houses, that usually absorbs an enormous amount of our time and energy. That stuff doesn't matter. Let's sell it. Because there are Christians in Jerusalem who are really poor there are Christians who are fired up for God, and they're going out and they're giving witness, and the church is growing tremendously, and there is persecution. I mean, some of the Jewish leaders are very much against what we're doing here. We're speaking in the name of Jesus. They are so against that. And at one point, they were so, against, they, they got them and stood them in front of them and said, you Christians, you've got to stop. Well, we're going to throw you in jail. Peter says, well, uh, let me ask you a question. Is it better to say what you want us to do or is it better to, to say yes to God? I mean, your decision. you make. I know what our decision is. We are going to follow the Lord. Amazing. And this was just the attitude of... Everything that was going on in the church. It was an exciting, exciting time. And then there's this guy named Joseph. He was from the Greek island of Cyprus. Oh, but he was a Jew, he was not Greek. He was a Jew. Because the Jews had been dispersed. They were living all over the then known world. And this guy Joseph was a Levite. A direct descendant of Aaron. They had the responsibility of being the church musicians. Temple musicians. Um, They were the gifted craftsmen. They were unusually dedicated to the Mosaic Law. And most of the Jews of that day were not following Jesus. As it turns out, I mean many did, but, but, but the, the, the Christianity really took off when Paul and others went to Greece and to Rome and to other such places. And then the gospel. The gospel had more traction among the Gentiles than it did to the Jews. But there were some Jews that followed and oh my goodness, Joseph. Joseph was an amazing follower of Jesus. So much so that they gave him a nickname Barnabas. Say it fast, and it comes out Barnabas son of encouragement. I mean, you couldn't be around this guy without being encouraged. That's just the kind of guy he was. You going through that? Listen, listen. Let me pray with you. Oh, listen. God knows what you're going through. God loves you so much. I mean, that's, the, that's the kind of guy that Joseph was, and they loved him before he did what he did here. And this guy Joseph, this son of encouragement, had some land that he would have grown crops on and then sold those crops and so forth. He sold it probably for a lot of money, and then brought it all in and just laid it at the feet of the apostles. Saying, you know what? Just just make sure that all the poor are taken care of. Make sure that all the widows who have need, and that was a big concern in Jerusalem. Couples in their old age Would move to Jerusalem. They never lived there. But they moved to Jerusalem because they so loved Jerusalem that they wanted to die and they wanted to be buried in the Holy Land. Well, they died one at a time. Husbands first, usually. And that left widows. Who's going to take care of them? They were really poor. Barnabas, listen. When there are people in need, just take this money and give it to those who are in need. And the end of chapter 4 says, all the people who were in one accord had all of their needs met. then a guy named Ananias must have had a conversation with his wife maybe at the table drinking tea hey you know Joseph you know what he did and you know the response
1: to me? oh, I mean, they applauded
0: him. They, they were so, they're still talking about him. In fact, I, I think somebody's talking about making him a bishop or something. I mean, the, oh, wow, the recognition that he got. Oh, that's tremendous. You know what? We have some land. We could sell it we could get that kind of recognition too, you know. What? Well, I know, I know. We, 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 We talked about buying something new. I don't know. New saddle for the camel or something. I don't know. But listen, You know what we could do? Nobody needs to know the details. We can sell this land for $40,000 using today's currency. We could get a lot of money for this. But you know what we can do? We can tell them that we sold it for $20,000. Who's going to know? And then we can come strutting up to the apostles. Oh, Peter, James, John, we we see what's going on here. And uh, and I just want you to know that that we have sold our property and we are giving all this money just for you. And he expected an applause. He didn't get an applause. Ananias, I've just received a revelation from God. And what I want to know is how could you do this? How could you lie? Just for the sake of getting recognition? Just for the sake of applause? Who are you trying to impress? Ananias! Ananias! You haven't just lied to the church. You have lied to God. He had a heart attack and died on the spot. His wife came in, the same thing happened. Two lessons. One, if you are doing something just for the purpose of impressing the church to the point where you are even willing to lie for the sake of impressing people, oh my, you're in big trouble. Because everything that we do, none of it goes to our glory. None of it. It is all entirely to the glory of God. The difference between Ananias and Joseph of Cyprus, the difference was that Joseph didn't care who knew. He cared about the people who were poor and who were in great need. That's why we give. So that the church of Jesus Christ can be blessed. So that the church of Jesus Christ can be helped. And so that God will receive all of the glory. And we don't care if anybody sees it or recognizes it at all. That's one lesson. But there's another The text says, Great fear seized the church. That doesn't sit well in the American church. I've heard one young parent say to me, "I don't want my kids to obey me out of fear. I want them to obey me out of love." So this fear of God thing just doesn't register with me. Hmm. Okay. Um somebody said that there are 365 verses in the Bible that says fear not. Good. A verse for every day of the of the year. Um the Psalmist, though uh, though a thousand fall at your right side, and a thousand fall at your left, he will not come near you. So don't be afraid of the terrors at night, or the arrow that flies by noonday. Don't be afraid. Yeah. But the reason that we don't have to be afraid of anything, regardless of the circumstance, is
1: because
0: we have a fear of God. Amen. And there is such a thing as healthy. I have a healthy fear of fire. I love fire. I love campfires. I love sitting around at night on a camp chair listening to the crackling of a wood fire and watching the flames lick the sky and and and, and, and smelling that wonderful smoke. <laughs> I know your clothes go away and you all smell like smoke and you know, <laughs> but I love it. But there was a terrible, terrible fire in California called the camp fire, fire. Because somebody wasn't afraid and they began to act very carelessly. And when we do that, our own lives are at risk and that of others. I love fire. I'm comforted by fire. I also have a healthy fear of it. I love electricity. I love being able to flip a switch and having all of these lights come on. I, I just love it. I love the fact that it, that it makes my refrigerator o- operate and so I have cold food in there. I, I love electricity. But oh, let me tell you, I have a healthy fear of it if I am doing something wire related, electricity related, I make sure that everything is turned off because and then I check and I double check and I triple check because I'm scared and it's appropriate I know somebody that died because they didn't have an appropriate fear I have an appropriate fear of gasoline I love how it gets poured into my car and I can drive across the country if I keep filling it. (laughs) You know, I, I, I love gasoline and what it does for us. But oh, if somebody is coming close to those tanks with a lit cigarette, oh gosh, either I need to speak to them or I'm out of there. It's appropriate to have a legitimate, healthy fear. And that's the way it is with our relationship with God. I love God. I love what he has done for us. I love what Jesus has done on the cross for us. I know that God so loves the world, he gave his only begotten son for us so that we can have eternal life. But I don't trivialize that I take that seriously. And we should take that seriously. Your fear of God leads to a great love of God. John Newton had it right. It grace that taught my heart to fear. And grace my fears relieved. How precious was that grace? Did it appear the hour I first believed? So, yeah, fear of God, there is an appropriate, healthy fear of God. Yeah. When we fear God, we love Christ, we love the church, we begin to love the poor, we are filled with God's love and and mercy. and we no longer care about where, who gets the credit for anything. <laughs> I love to do missions I often talk about it, so you're getting, you'll, you'll get bored by the time I'm out of here <laughs> with this topic. <laughs> I say to my dear friend uh, Pastor Lubin bosa you know what, I am here in Haiti for one purpose, To make you look good. (laughs) He knows what I mean. Or we're both there to make Jesus look good. You know, we know that. But I don't care what I do there. It doesn't matter to me if I carry cement blocks or if I carry my Bible to the pulpit. It doesn't matter to me. Is it helpful? Does it help the mission look good to the glory of God and to the help of the Christian church? And I don't mean to say that to applaud myself on the back because I I see that in many, all of you. I just want to applaud it. What we do, we do to the glory of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and it is with awe and respect that we bow before you. We love pleasing you. And we have a healthy fear of not doing that. We have a healthy fear of not rebelling against you, O God. And why would we? Why should we? Because you have loved us so much. Come. Come, Holy Spirit speak to our hearts refresh us and may we love you more leaving this place than we have ever loved you before in the powerful awesome wonderful name of Jesus
1: amen if i may um, I would like to honor one more person before we sing our last song. Sonia is gone after today for a very long time. She'll be away, and we treasure the time we have with her. It's not often that we have her with us, but I want her to know how much we treasure the time she's able to spend with us. Thank okay. you. Life, the ups and downs.
2: Joy comes from a consistent and focused relationship with Jesus Christ. First Peter, chapter one, verse eight. I'm about to close out here. I'm going to turn it back over to Kathy, and she's going to I don't know what she's going to do. <laughs> First Peter, chapter one, verse eight. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Aren't you? Do you know anyone who's living this level of life? Joy unspeakable, full of joy. Do you know anyone? How do we live a focused life in Christ? Verse 14, and then I'm, I think I'm done. Kathy, is that okay? <laughs> John 15, verse 14. Watch this. You are my friends if you do what I command. God expects our obedience. He expects it. He doesn't just want us to obey. He demands that we obey. Wow. What kind of life are you living? It is, a, is it a life that counts? Is Jesus Christ the focus of your life? That means that everything you do centers around him. Everything. I'll close with this one sentence. Christianity, a Christian, disciple, follower of Jesus, is not a part time life, a sometime life. It is not, it's an all time life. It's a surrendered life. Giving up of self. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Heavenly Father, that is the cry of our hearts this morning. Your people calling in repentance. Forgive us of our self-righteousness, of our pride, of our disobedience, a selfish life. That, Lord, we come before you this morning with one desire upon our hearts, and that's living a focused life in you and through you. Lord, I pray, and this is a bold prayer, whatever it takes, Lord, in the life of your people, professing Christians, your church, whatever it takes to bring us to our knees and live a life centered on you. Put it before us, Lord. It before us. And in making that statement, I see one person. I see Jesus Christ. And then I see the power of the Holy Spirit working upon those that are within the sound of these words, this prayer, whether it be in this building or online. Specifically, people online. You're welcome in the house of the Lord. Don't make him a life of convenience. God is calling us to be one in Christ Jesus. So Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit moves within those that have been listening. Those that have ears to hear. And the Holy Spirit moves them before your throne on their knees in repentance and a desire to abide, to remain in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Please stand, respond to how God has spoken to you this morning, whether you be here physically or you're visiting us online, there are people online that will respond to you in prayer, information giving. Whatever it may, you may need in your life this morning, you can find it in Christ Jesus. Kathy?